Here we go. It is time to be thinking about your car, automotive issues, coffee on the roof, you name it. PowerWorks Automotive, PowerWorks Garage, Glenn Power in the house. We're here at the Rolf Hotel, downtown Dubai's Epic Podcast Studio. And for the next little bit, we're just going to talk about stuff that's going on in the world of automotives. We might hit talk about Carmen Ghia. We might talk about uh, Joey Wu Wu's infatuation with the Passat and only a few things though. I mean, he loves the car, but he's got a few things that are really on his mind. And and ultimately, we're just going to talk about what's going on in the world and, and set it all straight. And you know, that's why Glenn shows up every week. Welcome well, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Sorry for being late. Hey, no, you know, the, no it's, I think it's always interesting because when we start talking about you know getting a car fixed and you're bringing your vehicle in and all this kind of stuff, you got to get the parts and you, you, there's, there are options with the parts. And I think people forget that there's a whole logistical nightmare associated with finding the bits and pieces that go with your car. I mean, you look, you can get it at the dealer. You can get it at the, 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 you know, the, the, the end. What do we call them? What do we call them here? Franchise enterprise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, At home, we'd call it the dealer. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people call them the agency. The agency. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can get it from there. There are alternative Borgen Beck is, is an example. There yeah. are alternative parts suppliers and, and sometimes folks, I'm an example of that. Yeah. Look, I, I want, I want great parts on there, but maybe non-original is going to be okay. And that might be a big savings. So I might be tempted to go that route, which means you got to go f- source them, find them, get yeah. them. It's a pain in the neck. Nightmare. Yeah. And- we're about to go big with Borg and Beck. We've been using them on our own customers' vehicles for, I have for about three years. It's time to get Borg and Beck back in here on the podcast. By yeah, the we'll get Pete in, definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening. Uh, new product lines, new developments, and we've just put a huge order in, which stings when you see yeah. the, see, when, when we see our credited amount to, to yeah. Borg and Beck, but it, it's, it's going in our new branch in DIP. And we're going to serve the, the market yeah. as trade. One of the problems here is if, if I if I go to an agency, as we've just said, and I buy an engine mounting for your car, yeah. I'm going to buy that for the same price as you. Which I don't get. Like, how is it that you're getting the same discount yeah. that I'm going to get if I go and buy yeah. it off the rack? When I came here in 2012, I joined AAA. And one of the reasons AAA has been as successful as it is down to the fact that obviously from the top Frank Murray who ran it for, for so long and Gordon Ferguson who's running it now both super experienced in the trade but also with people they had staff that were there for 10, 15 plus years mm-hmm. you know when a new person came in they were it was rare and we'd obviously get, while I was there for four years, we had a couple of people retire and a couple of people go back home for family reasons or just they'd had enough, which is fair enough in our job. But all the staff were there for ages. They knew all of the suppliers very well. And we used to get good deals because in 2008 and 2009, obviously before I came, with the economic crash, agencies were hurting. They had stock on shelves that they'd paid mm. for that they wanted to get out and they were offering great deals to trade because that was how they could get rid of bulk. Most you know, average Joe customers, if you can use that phrase, don't 
have the time nor the inclination to go and buy their own parts. Right. So they weren't going to sell retail. So they were trying to get, but now that's all gone away. Yeah. It's all gone. So if I'm going to make 10%, you're going to pay 10% more than what you could have paid if you'd have gone and got it yourself. Now we can sometimes negotiate a discount, but a lot of the time it's, they're paying lip service to it and they're not actually honoring it. And, and I've had meetings after meetings after meetings with parts managers who, because of the monopoly here on supply of genuine parts, really don't care. But surely the agency wants you to come and buy the parts from them so that you're not going and getting the knockoffs or, I mean, not that you're going to buy black market, but you're going to buy non-original. Yeah. One of the problems here is any genuine part comes from the distributor. The distributor is a single source. There is no, it's not like for you back home in Canada, same it would be for us in the UK. Your dealer in Chesterfield hasn't got it. Well, I'll just go to Sheffield then. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and the guy in Sheffield might have a, a different little, franchisee and, and he might have sell a little, it you a better price. Yeah, they absolutely. Don't care. And they might even interdealer it from the Chesterfield one and then still yeah. sell it you. Yeah. So it doesn't really, well, it doesn't happen at all here. That That's nothing that happens here because if it's a VW part, it's coming from Almaduda. Um, even if you go to, a, let's say, a second source supplier, such as um, a big one in, in Alcuse is Bolton they still buy from Al Nabuda. Now they get a little bit of a discount because they're buying in bulk, mm. but they still sell it at the, pretty much the same price as the dealer's going to sell it to us at. Really? And now these people are able to make a few percent because they are buying high quantities. But when I'm buying one window regulator a month or two engine mountings a week or yeah. just a couple of bits here and there, I'm not getting a discount and it's no different to what a customer could go in off the street and then turn up to me with parts. Now at that point, I automatically am in a, in a bad situation because yeah. purely from a business point of view, I've now only got labor to make any money with. And right. if something else goes wrong on the job, what do we do if the part comes wrong? If the, if the customer supplies the wrong part, that's a big issue. Do You've do? had that. Do we charge them more yeah. money for putting it back together to get the car out while it comes? Do we charge them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do we then charge money for going to pick the part up? You know, what, what? You so have to, you have to. Yeah. I mean, you got to somehow discourage people from, yeah. from jumping the queue. A couple of my friends, one, one of my friends who, who runs a BMW specialist, uh, independent BMW specialist, he charges double labor for people that supply their own parts. Double labor, okay. Now, does that discourage people from bringing- Not them? always. No, <laughs> no, not always. And uh, I mean, look- They do the balance out and they say, look, double labor's cheaper than me. Especially when you're talking BMW, right? So if yeah. you're putting 10 or 15% on a part that's 6K yeah. and, and they can go and get it and it's only going to be 400 labor anyway, yeah. you know, the saving. So it does happen. And, and that's, a, that's an idea. We're still quite new. We're still trying to impress people, still trying to prove ourselves regardless of experience or background. You, you mm. know, PowerWorks as an entity is a year old, so to speak, and we need to do things to get people on side. And we can't go around and, and, and be quite, I suppose it's antagonistic and saying, okay, yeah, bring your own parts, but I'm going to charge you double labor. Cause then, okay, well, I'll take my own parts somewhere else then. <laughs> I shall take That's it always the fear, right? So yeah. we've got to balance that out. But yeah, we're, we're trying to negate that and, and do away with that by having as much as we can mm. in stock with Borg and Beck. Now, 
No, they now Borgenbeck. When I think of Borgenbeck, I'm thinking brakes, brakes, um, filters, yeah, rotational parts, service parts, including um, suspension. Have they expanded things a little bit? They have special lines on now that are getting more and more okay popular and common. So every now and again, you know, they've always they started out doing things like clutches and starter motors and alternators. Mm. Now the problem with the starter motors and alternators here is the shipping is expensive because of the weight. So you can put them on a, on a boat, but it's going to wait four weeks for an alternator. Yeah. So all these things, what we've basically done is we've gone through the market. I've given data for the last 12 months of my trading of every part we've ever sold. And then friends of mine that want to buy from us when we have the parts have given me their data. So we've got 1,800 product lines on the way. They'll be in in our DIP branch in a big, massive, huge well organized, but nonetheless a pile in the corner. And then we'll rack them out and put them in locations. And hopefully by the end of next week, they'll be ready to start delivering to garages around the country and and also using on our own cars, which means we haven't got to drive out to a supplier to pick a car part up, or we haven't got to wait for an email to be responded to. I mean, you think about somewhere like, again, to use the example uh, of a dealer, you think about Altaya. I've been in their workshop in the Range Rover side and many times spoke to the team leaders and a couple of the master techs on a few technical queries and whilst they're not as busy as they were a few years ago it's still a 50 bay workshop wow that's so you've got 50 <laughs> internal jobs going on at any one time potentially that's huge where's your priority if you've got three part stuff is your priority power works <laughs> who are spending 15k a month or is your priority your workshop that's doing 150k a day yeah it's a no-brainer right so obviously there's send an email I need a a clip for this bumper bracket they don't care they don't want to sell me an 18 Durham pot because they've got no time they need to fix this Mm. engine that's in their workshop that's got to be done under warranty and it needs fixing now Mm. so this is the this is the problem so hopefully we'll start to reduce that for ourselves and also for other garages and it's going to take some time and some hard work and me and Pete are going to be sick of the sight of each other but it's going to be very very beneficial I'm looking forward to it and hopefully it becomes a a nice operation that can stop us having the biggest problem we have here which is part supply it's without doubt the biggest problem do you think it'll lead to another level of you know Borg and Beck you, you know distributing their staff are there other groups of parts people that you might be able to engage in this kind of activity with? Yeah, so what we'd want to be doing is we'd want to be slick with Borgenbeck. At the point of that happening to where it was like, this is working perfectly, we will then borrow from some of their models in their motor factors in the UK where they're in. So in the UK we have motor factors, which is basically just a car parts store. And you go in there and speak to Bob or Janet behind the counter and say I want spark plugs for my Golf GTI you give them the number plate in the UK everything's done on number plate give them the registration number and, and they'll they'll tell you what the car is and they'll go through their computer or their book which is next to the computer depending on the age of the person and then they'll go in the back and they'll bring you the spark plugs out we want to get to that okay Beck, as the example don't use don't supply spark plugs so we would speak with Borgenbeck to their bigger um, accounts in the UK and say to them, okay, guys, who are you using for plugs? 
and we'll get the contact and we'll get the supply. So then we'll add spark plugs to the range and then we'll add, nice. you know, th- there are other things that we can add beyond that electrical parts maybe. Um, but that we're talking 18 months to two years down the line. We want to be as slick as we can to the point where somebody calls up and says, I need a, a lower arm for my three series BMW. We can tell them within minutes no we've not got it yes we have got it it's on the way to you this is the price and once we get to that stage then we'll start adding to it and it might be that we can be a first of a kind British style motor factor here which is that'd be cool doesn't exist it does not exist there are some very good places here but there's no proactivity on anything it's all reactive Mm. and just like myself if I go to speak to somebody about something, by the time they've had, you know, chance to formulate an answer, they've had three other tasks given to them because someone else has walked in or someone's returning a part that they've just sold them that's wrong or broken or something else. So we'll start it slowly, do it sustainably and build it up to be something that's a, a, a good contributor to the business. And then we'll grow it and hopefully get somewhere very big with it. That's exciting. Yeah. Bags under my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, on the, on this topic of of vehicles and parts, and it's it's a loose transition, but I, I do want to give a shout out to Joey Woo Woo, who's still driving this. He, so he's been driving Passats now for a while. He's got a he's a converted. Newer, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's always been a Volkswagen. I forgot what GMs are. He's <laughs> like, what well, GM? No, GM, I don't know if I can drive one of those anymore. You know, it's <laughs> just no refinement. You, you never see him sending any pictures of his his GM pickup truck. Oh, Ever no. now you know what we're getting, don't you? <laughs> it's bombarded. I think I think it would be nice if he uh, sent us some photos of him out in the out in the uh, the Fargo, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But he's, he's it's interesting as he's he's talking about the Passat and and what's he what's the first thing he's always talking about? Like so he's he's always showing pictures of the dash. It's all lit up. And, you know, because he tends to be driving at night, but he's showing pictures of the dash, which are very functional, which he's very happy with. What what are the things that that grab this guy's attention? One, is it fairly roomy? It's one person, so it really doesn't matter how roomy it is. And like, he's small. That's a huge though now. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They're giant. Actually, it's it's funny. Yesterday I saw an A8L. Would it be possible? yeah. What a beautiful machine. Yeah. And it it was, it was sort of a, a... blue gray like really it was i was i kept looking is this gray no i think it's blue no i think it's gray yeah but i was just watching this thing so i'm in the yellow the yellow jeep right and i'm just bouncing all over the road this thing is so smooth just glides past you for about 40 seconds well, it, it was just right on the thing because i think he was looking at the jeep going man that's a nice <laughs> machine and i'm looking at this thing going I, i'm just looking at it going you know what you could have a mercedes you could have a beamer I want that. Yeah. A8's a special car. And, and the L is only, I can't remember exactly what it is. It's something like, it's only a few inches longer wheelbase. Yeah. It makes such a massive <laughs> yeah. difference in the back. Yeah. So I, I just I just looked at it and said, I just want one of those. And I, I remember Brown Car Guy, Shazad Sheikh saying, the thing about that, that car, that A8L, is it's lightning fast. Like it's just yeah. incredible. Like it's a sleeper. People are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but you know, you, you pedal to the metal and you're in a race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they're invariably the, the V8. They used to do the W12. Yeah. So, so anyway, back to Woo Woo. He's, he's, what's he like? Stereo. He's going on about the stereo. Like always. So you sent me the two videos, <laughs> the first one, and then the end of the video, and he's obviously got the music on quite loud. And then the video, 
the who comes on yeah and I'm like oh you cut it off at the wrong time and then instantly another video saying did you hear the stereo in this thing and I was thinking yeah talk about a song to put it through its paces yeah so well he had ACDC and then he's got the who yeah. so he's he's running running that so stereo is a big thing and I, I think every Volkswagen I've ever owned and, and I would go on to say, that's, that's like a big piece of any car you buy. Is if it doesn't, it used to be anyway. Maybe it's just the, the age of the driver, right? But stereo is important. Said last week, didn't I? That much information in books. I'm the only yeah. one that people read is the one for the radio. <laughs> I know. And I've been driving my, mine out here. It's 2008 year model. And I, you'd think it's the easiest stereo in the world. You think I could change the time on the darn clock? Yeah. Every time I have to go back to the book, and every Always time a I challenge go, on those. But every time I go, oh yeah, that's so easy. <laughs> but I'm I'm like hitting all the buttons, going. I know it's easy. What's the combination? You're not intuitive because you end up having to press the time button, but the time is on top of it. There's a symbol on top of the plus and minus, but yeah. it's on the tune knob. And, oh yeah. man, so I got to do that. But the stereo is so important. The 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 second thing that that he's in love with is the lane assist to keep you yeah. in the lanes like that that has become a must-have option on his cars and i find that really interesting because that is not a must-have option on any car i own or, or even when i get a car it's not i don't need lane assist i don't but i think increasingly that is becoming something that people that that semi-autonomous nature of a vehicle yeah that just you know you got your hands on you're driving but it's going to keep you straight yeah it's going to keep you in your lane yeah, it's probably getting on for 15 years. It's, well, easily 15 years ago, driving a Audi A6 around Milton Keynes around the Volkswagen UK headquarters, which had lane assist, radar-guided cruise control. That drives me nuts, the radar-guided cruise and control, though. with them both on, Milton Keynes is basically just a grid of roundabouts, mm. but with them both on, it's, it's basically Manhattan, just with roundabouts yeah, at every yeah, cross-section. Yeah. So both turned on it will approach a roundabout slowing down for the car in front and as long as you don't come to a complete stop at that time that was obviously it's it's not anywhere like that but I'm just saying this was 15 years ago it would then accelerate out and round the roundabout and take you where you're going it's pretty cool 15 years ago so yeah. you've had that tech 20 years easily yeah. and I drove uh, Amy's dad's my father-in-law's XC90 the current version a couple of years ago when I was back in the UK and that was the same and that was even more slick yeah. you know 12 13 years later and amazing and I think it's one of those things that as a driver of a car which some people aren't some people are right you know you yeah. drive a Wrangler so you drive that car there's yeah. no letting go of the steering wheel no. you're, in, you're in full control <laughs> otherwise there's an accident happening you are in for full yeah, yeah you're, so you're, as a driver of a car it's quite hard to imagine letting yourself go yeah but you I know did. once you've had it because you don't realise how much you wander oh yeah and the oh, Mercedes yeah. and the BMWs the Mercedes give you three sort of bursts of vibration through the steering column right. when you approach the white lines the amount of time I turn it off when we have customers cars in <laughs> the amount of times it's going off because you yeah. don't realise how yeah. much you drift and you're in a car that's slightly different to what you normally drive yeah. and the BMWs do the same vibration thing but mm. yeah once you've had it and I think yeah. you're in the car I think you you would then miss it mm. you think you just get used to it yeah yeah, okay. So this is this is becoming a new thing, right? Like you, you got to have that. And then of course, I'm, I'm sure people are talking about rear view cameras and, and that sort of stuff. He never talks about that stuff. Uh, I just don't think he backs up. 
Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's the sack's gone back to a normal handbrake, so traction control, <laughs> off handbrake turns in. <laughs> Has it gone back to a normal? What's the logic of that? Because it, it, they'd gone a different way. I idea? would imagine there was production costs. Yeah, okay. I would also think there's been a bit of feedback from fleet mm. companies because when the 3C in 2005, when that came out, the first one to have the electric handbrake, man, the problems we used to have. The buttons used to fail. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, they had just the push button on the left of the wheel, in right. the left of the, in the right of the wheel. Sorry, in the right hand right drive, aren't we? But you just push the button, the middle of the bush, button pushed through, which Range Rover's still doing right. their start stop buttons now, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but the middle of the button would push through, right. it would stick, yeah. give you the fault, the handbrake wouldn't come off, uh, uh, the motors on the calipers, people used to change the brake pads wrong because they'd never done it before and jam the calipers up. Yeah. So we had nothing but trouble with them. So then the next one went to a manual one. I like a manual brake. There's benefits to the electric there. Yeah. You know, we're talking about lane assist and yeah. that same kind of sentiment for the reason for that being good is, is the same reason we have electric yeah. handbrakes. I got a vehicle with no options, so yeah. <laughs> Just put a brake under the back <laughs> wheel and pretty park much. it downhill in case. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the third thing though that he likes, and I got I to gotta say I'm, I'm all over this and I, 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 I'm, I'm a big proponent, is electronic dimming mirrors yeah for nighttime driving and stuff when you and, and nothing worse i mean it's one thing to have the rear view mirror dim i want the i want the side mirrors to right. dim as well you want the side mirrors to dim until you have to pay for a glass well that's the thing i know so it's it's the electric ones inside are pretty much foolproof they do yeah. start to or the older ones would bleed okay especially if they get some yeah. damage from the outside right all my mirrors are bleeding it's like but they are electronic, so you can turn them on and off. Okay. And uh, but the, the the side mirrors. Are so is that the reason we don't see it? I, I did see it on. I did have one car once. Maybe it was a Bentley, yeah. where those mirrors also dimmed, and I I was no, you know what? It was Cadillac, mm. and that was that was amazing. I loved it. Yeah. It was, and I and I know also for a fact that the Lincolns do the same thing. That was, but I didn't. I never thought about the failure price and what happens. The glass, yeah, the glass is expensive. It's, it's basically like a a, a gel that's oh, activated okay. to dim, and it goes a nice blue color mm. and darkens the the mirror. But there, you're talking three four hundred dollars for a glass. Yes, yeah, so if you got to replace it, you're done for. Yeah. Yeah. So we. Um, if you want it to replace with the same one. Uh, yeah. Now, again, this goes back to the parts thing here. You want, even if you want a emblem for the bonnet, doesn't matter that they're all the same. If you go to the dealer here and ask for that, they'll want the chassis number and they will do nothing without the chassis number. So even if you <laughs> want the normal mirror, you'll give them the chassis number and they'll say, no, no, no. Computer Don't. says factory gave it that one. You can't. And it's like, what? I just want the normal one. So this is another problem that we have with parts, but yeah, that's uh, that's an expensive repair if you mm. get clipped on the car park or something like that. Darn nice feature. Yeah, really, really useful. Yeah. And it's- Really it's, useful because that, the old sort of, you can flip the mirrors. Right? Yeah, that's what the I rear got. view mirror. Yep, I got they're, those. They're very good and they work, yeah. but it's still a split second of yeah, yeah. not looking ahead. Yeah. You know, and if it does it automatically for you. Yeah. Had an interesting one today on the way in, uh, driving the Wrangler. Of course, I got the windows in. It was a little humid today, and I didn't want to take off the windows. I don't know, because Shocking. I had the windows out the other day, and it was like, woohoo, I'm here. 9.30 last night, I was walking home, and it was, I was dripping. 
<laughs> and uh, you, you ever drive? Here's the thing: you ever driving, and you get that person who cuts in just a little bit too early, and you're you know you're you're giving them a little bit of a, f- a few kind words because they kind of cut you <laughs> off, and they didn't really cut you off, but you know they, you're thinking you know, I was that guy today. Oh no! Well, three times because, and I'm looking, I'm looking over the shoulder, but there's the blind spot, yeah, and obstructed vision because the roof really does need to have the windows replaced. Like you know, it's a 2008 year model, it's 2021. I got the original on there, nice, and I do cover it, but it, it I didn't clean the windows today, so it was, I was that guy. Only after yeah. I got over it, I realized, oh, I mean, I didn't cut anyone off, I didn't get a horn or anything. But I was that yeah, guy. You, you, I, I was being the guy. That needs to be sorted. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you start getting a reputation. It's not like it's, you're not inconspicuous, are you, in the, no, in the Yellow Wrangler? No. And, and I mean, I've got, the, I've got the wheel cover on the back that's Dubai Country Club. Yeah. Like, you know, Does, I'm, yeah. who's no got, one one else has got one of those anyway? No. Yeah. They're going to, hey, you seen that guy with the Dubai Country Club? Where yeah. does he live? <laughs> yeah. No one even knows what that place is. <laughs> oh, Maidan. That's where Maidan, the extensions have all been built. It's, uh, yeah. It's crazy. Those were good days. Can't say I was part of it, but I hear good stories. There was the the Irish, I'm going to say Irish, maybe Scottish. He was Scottish. He was a Scottish chef. Okay. And he used to make deep fried haggis balls. Nice. And they were amazing. Like this was, this was legit haggis, but deep fried. The only story I remember <laughs> being ever told about that place was when I joined AAA, Frank told me that they used to, a lot of families would go at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. A lot. That's, that was my kid's playground. That, yeah. was, that was the neighborhood. So they used to go with their boys and uh, they used to sit, give them money and then go to, the, yeah. go to the bar and get yourself a Mars bar or yeah. whatever. BJ would serve you up there, yeah. So they'd go and give the kids, but as a joke, <laughs> he used to put the chocolate in the microwave for 30 <laughs> seconds before he gave it them and then the kids would just get absolutely covered in it. Yeah. Which sounds like my kind of pub. Yeah, no, it was a great place. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Hey, here's, a, here's an interesting one because we've been talking about car parts and just been talking about cars. I've got a ghost garage around the corner from my house. Sorry? A ghost, you know, you heard of ghost kitchens? Right. Which is basically, in the terms of ghost kitchen, it's, it's a kitchen that is in a nondescript neighborhood that might be selling, you know, whatever restaurant, instead of getting it from the restaurant, they have another kitchen, yep. a ghost kitchen. I got a ghost garage. Nice. It's like, I'm trying to figure out how the neighbors are tolerating this ghost garage because I was out there with my neighbor the other day and it, it only kicks off at about six o'clock at night, oh. which is about the time that I'm thinking wherever, whoever these mechanics are, because they all have uniforms on too. Finish their other jobs. They finish their job. Then they come to, obviously they must be living here. Yep. It is not just a, you know, a, a fly by night little, you know, okay, we got a couple of jacks and things. No, no, no. Full compressors, the whole bit. And, and it's on a corner and they're they're they clearly have a type of car they work on because there's about three Tahoes sitting there in various states of repair. Yeah. And the other things, full lighting system, they got racks of parts. Fair play to the mechanics <laughs> if they're running two jobs. And and the other day I saw four of them looking under the hood there and I just thought, man, like guys. But I don't know how the neighbors are putting up with it because they got air tools too. Yeah, those compressors really make a racket. And it's a big one. It's a big one. So, but a a ghost garage. So I, you know, and they see me coming and, you know, I just, I just looked at it and I said, hmm, would, would I use the ghost garage? No, but I, you know, they're, they're busy. I think the only problem is not the only problem. I think obviously the unsociable hours aren't great for, for people in the locality, but 
it's the whole uh, if I put my car there today will the garage exist tomorrow well that's the other thing like how because um, I'm thinking you got a group of Emirati I got an Emirati family living right across from them and uh, some families right beside and I'm pretty sure one of the guys I think the CID guy moved so the other guy seems to be military so unless he's got an investment in this how Which long obviously possible yeah. yeah but how long till someone just gets tired of the racket it only takes one call you know, you got a, you oh got yeah, a, and he's got a tank down there, yeah. blowing the place up. Yeah, you got an operating license, you got insurance, you got this is a neighborhood. There's no way this this ghost garage could exist here. Yeah, when I was at a previous place, I tried to. Well, we didn't try to. We did do it, but we split the shifts. Okay. So we we went after a, a, some different kind of work, and we opened our opening hours extended till the evening and, and what we wanted to do was to have a 24 hour operation mm. but the municipality told us we couldn't work after 11 and that was in Alcoos right. industrial area wow you couldn't work after 11 in Alcoos no like why, why is that I don't that, know that's the place where you can make noise exactly that, that's what I mean so I can't see how I know it's not Alcoos I know it's you know Murdiff but it's a residential area yeah yeah. I mean I don't know what time they stop at because obviously as we were talking earlier I follow fall asleep pretty early but <laughs> yeah and, and i'll be honest you know at 10 o'clock at night i'm not out on the street yeah but i i don't know what do you get done if you're starting around six o'clock what actually can you get done if you're not closing before 11 yeah. it was it was the one day i and i gotta see if they do it again on the weekend so they don't work fridays but they'll be open saturday mm -hmm. i gotta see if they're doing it again they had they were doing breaks and something on a bmw and they just had the thing propped up on two two jack supports mm. not jacks but you know, axle stands axle stands and then they left it there for quite a while and i was just looking at this going really yeah <laughs> i was just going and, and I, my first thing because of the vehicles i drive they got a as you said you got a brick behind the back well no they don't oh those brakes are really good i i was really surprised that it's just sitting there and it's on a where they're located is on a curve of the road so if you have like they do it, they're kind of sticking out. Yeah. I, I always say it's inevitable that someone. The, the government here is very, very hot and switched on and so I, yeah. I got my hand slapped by the, the Dubai municipality a couple of weeks ago because some of the cars that we got outside the workshop were dusty and dirty yeah. like, you can't do that you need to keep them clean but there's there's saying where you, you I know we're going to have to and I did actually say to him in the most respectful way possible look it's the desert and this is an industrial area and yeah. it's like no 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 look I'm just telling you keep them clean otherwise you'll get 5,000 dirham fine really no problem sir I'll yeah. clean them you wow. know so what we basically every second day we're cleaning cars which are just sat outside yeah but you know that's the rules. Yeah. Is so. is is eventually the person who owns the the warehousing going to put in the tile floor? You know the brick floors outside or the sidewalks or the problem with doing that is, and I speak from experience on two separate occasions. Once you start to do that, you can apply for the permission, which is no problem. Yeah. And once the RTA and the municipality decide who's responsible for the land, which can take months. Yeah. And again, two separate occasions, two different companies, both the same story. You then do it, but they've been opened up to this. They open right. their eyes to it. So if you think of where AAA is in Alcoos, uh -huh. you've got Umsakim Road. You used to be able to get in and out onto uh, their street. Sun and Sand Sports on the end. Right. And then you go up and you've got uh, Arab Tech, obviously no longer, but AAB, all these places all up there now. 
one by one they started interlocking the sand on the front mm. got to us and we had a huge area on the front of AAA where we kept all the heavy vehicles and the desert stuff yeah. okay got the permission took ages to get the permission start to put the interlock down oh. now all these people have done I assume most of them were big companies so almost certainly they will have there's the seafood can in place as well which stunk <laughs> but that was next to us that a was great matter. tour of Dubai here oh, and close, yeah. yeah this isn't on the video when you land on the plane is it <laughs> but then people have been alerted to this hang on there's people wanting to interlock and put parking areas here so now you go down there and it's all paid RT oh, parking no. and there's not a single car on it the oh. whole run of the road all the way yeah all the way to um, Al Gandhi Chevrolet yikes so before where everyone had their own bit of sand in front of their building and they could park as many cars as they wanted yeah. now it's all one way system RTA paid parking wow and nobody in it because nobody's paying for parking <laughs> so this is one of the problems with putting that yeah. down you know you, you open we, we thought about putting a bit and we are going to do it um, and we have been told we don't need the permission for it we're just going to put some hardcore road base okay. on the front of where That's we are, idea. just at least to stop the sand blowing around yeah. as much as it does. But it's, you know, yeah. it's a cost, but it also runs the risk. And it's the same at the back of um, Sara, Sara Auto okay, Care and the Chevrolet Service Centre. Yeah, yeah. It's the same there. People used to park on there. People start interlocking it and then all of a sudden that's all paid, paid parking. parking. <laughs> you know, when this summer we were away we were by a place where it clearly had a sand lot. And I don't know if they do this in the UK, they do this in Canada a lot, but they, they oil it. Right. And they put oil down on it. So I, I, I don't know what, you know, it kind of smelled like creosote. So, you know, okay. railway ties yeah. that smell. And they just literally put the oil down and I guess they, they run a flattener over it and then it just creates a hard pack and that oily residue goes away and the smell goes away eventually. And you just have hard pack area. Yeah, we used to drag a, um, so we used to water all the sand on the front of AAA and then Frank would get, hop on the uh, forklift that we had and we had a, an RSJ cut to a okay. length on a chain that we he would drag behind it and it'd pull all the big chunks out, the stones, but then it would like level it off yeah. and then we'd water it down. So we'd typically do that every couple of Thursdays yeah. so that then it'd yeah. compact it down. But again, it, it's, it's, you're, your job is working on cars. Yeah, I know. And now suddenly your job is maintenance of a roadway outside of your, yeah. your garage. Yeah, it's a it's a pain in the neck, <laughs> to be yeah, honest. There's yeah. no, you know, but what can you what's do? the alternative? Yeah. You just get on with it, don't you? Yeah. So you, you came, you sent me some images of a Carmen Ghia. That was beautiful. Oh, I've still not recovered. I mean, it, I, I, I've, that was phenomenal condition like it yeah it was good I, the beautiful the I want one guy that owned it was a, a British guy and I'd gone to buy some stone guard so you know the the thick textured stuff that you see under your paint on the sill mm. sometimes yeah, yeah. stone guard so what we do for a lot of our customers they'll come in with rusted underbodies or they'll have used them off road and think oh, I want to keep this clean so like so, a colon so. with the uh, shocks and the oh no not him <laughs> no 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 not Colin no we don't need to talk about that <laughs> I was going to say I can't believe he did it but I can um, but yeah I, so. I, uh, he was talking about it I, I didn't say anything but I, I just have an image of Colin going off this little off road and then the off road off road piece and going yeah. 
Yeah, and then, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not seeing a pothole. Okay. You know, speed bumps sometimes extend out and get covered by sand. Okay. A breeze block. <laughs> a cinder block. A cinder block. I mean, what? <laughs> but anyway, sorted it now. It's because he was going, yeah! Literally exploded the hydraulic hose. Oh, literally blew it out of the system. That's what he said. Yeah, so that was that was fun. Yeah. And then trying to find one and Nissan being like, we don't change those. <laughs> no, we've never ordered one. So having to find a second hand one. That was a night. But we actually managed to get one because the guy that had it had taken the system off okay. to put manual suspension Sorry. on it. Okay. So nice. whatever. Yeah. But um, Back to the Carmen gear. Yeah, so I was getting, we, we clean off diff tubes and underbody paneling and stuff like that and then we'll once it's sanded down and cleaned off and blasted we'll paint it with stone guard with a brush so it goes on nice and thick okay. we don't spray it mm. it's a waste of time it puts particles in the air which you don't need and it's just yeah. better with a brush so we were doing that so I, I needed to go and get some more so I pay people to do this but I'll do it myself and I drove down to it and thank, thank goodness I did because I saw this car outside, walked into the wall because I was looking at it yeah. and uh, <laughs> took a couple of pictures with permission of the owner and just had a, had a chat with him and he's had it for a while. He paid 6,000 US dollars for it. Wow. And that was like three years ago. And and he restored it, clearly. It was in that condition? No, no, no. He's had yeah. it repainted. Yeah. Um, he's put a couple of new parts on the, not new, but replaced parts yeah. on the inside. Uh, the engine was gone over but that's you know those engines were built to be gone over every yeah. couple of years it's just the way they are so it was really really clean really clean and an amazing car we we used to get one in the UK and and it was it was a German car and there was only there's only about 500,000 of them ever made mm. which makes them quite rare for a VW and the way they came about is quite the story uh, basically Carmen Coachworks and the Italian um, design house gear they came together on it but they bought a Beetle because nobody would let them do it VW didn't <laughs> want them to do it so they bought a Beetle and drove it from France to Italy and then built one and showed it to VW and they're like well, we'll have a bit of that. <laughs> As you would. Yeah, so like 1953, the prototype, and then at the Frankfurt Motor Show, and then they started selling them in 55. One of the interesting sides of it is Brazil, mm. because obviously air-cooled Volkswagens in Brazil are like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know anything more Brazilian. I can't think of anything Brazil, Mexico, more quintessentially I, I, Brazilian than an yeah. air-cooled VW. I, I, think, I think that whole Mexico, South America, yeah. that's where the air-cooled so VWs live. They ran a special version called the TC, Ooh. which was down purely to mental to think that it was Carmen gear that made it, but they didn't like the styling of it and they weren't selling very well. So they made about 30, they ended up selling about 13,000 of them called the TC, which had different lights and it. They're much rarer and you don't mm. see them outside of Central or South America really, but they do look quite nice compared to the Carmen gear, which is already a nice car. Yeah. The, the most disappointing thing about the Carmen gear is that, they never changed the look of it until yeah. its end of its run. And then they re because of that, it kind of aged because yeah. it was quite round, very 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the 70s come about. And nobody wanted that. They wanted Angular again. 
So then the Carmen Gear got replaced by the 914 Porsche, which is possibly the worst looking Porsche ever made. And it came with like a two litre engine or something ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yeah. like what on earth is that? A flat four in those, but an amazing car in it. And it's definitely something, something I'd like to, to own one day. One of those, there's a, there's a Facebook group called, it's called something like ruined VWs or something like that, which yeah. is a which is a, a self-deprecating, tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic title of people that have modified and restored Volkswagens, and then you know you get purists saying, "Oh, that's ruined" and all this stuff. I I love my VWs, but I'm not anywhere near a purist. Mm. Uh, I like the whole. It's not. It's it's in my living memory that you used to buy VW and have to pay extra for the stereo. You know, yeah, like yeah. I like the whole idea of it's a car for the people. Do what you want with it, and yeah. I like you know I like that. So when, when you buy cars now, just on that point, do, are there stereo options still? Like I haven't bought a car in so long. I doubt there's stereo options now because how used to cheap be. is it? Yeah, you know we had a guy with a, it was another patrol. We had a guy in with another patrol who was like my Bluetooth rubbish. Colin will vouch for that because he's a had nothing but trouble. Yeah, I don't got Bluetooth in my car. So. <laughs> and I said to him, look, we can we can sort that for you with Nissan parts, but I can tell you from experience on a couple of others, it's just endemic and they'll have problems again. So why don't you do an Apple or an Android CarPlay yeah. uh, unit with, with, it'll mirror your phone and, and it'll run, you can hotspot from your phone or whatever you want to do. We can put Wi-Fi with it, with a separate SIM card, whatever you want to do. And that system you can put in there with a huge, great touchscreen that looks like original. It fits in the ex- mm. existing void. You can add cameras to it, 360 cameras if you wanted. Everything else that you could think of specking the car with. Yeah. And it's like 5K dirhams. It's nothing. You know, yeah, $1,500. Yeah. And you can't even spec red seat belts in your car for <laughs> less than $5,000, can you? Yeah. So, you know, stereos... The tech's so cheap now. Yeah, you know, the, the, the resolution on screens and the the quality of lenses is so cheap. Yeah, I don't think there are many. I think things like cameras, three sixty view, and stuff like Maybe. that are probably an option. Yeah. But the actual head unit and functions of that. Yeah, interesting. It would, which is a whole industry. You know, you say, if you're JVC, I'm going to go get my JVC stereo and yeah. upgrade to this. Or, yeah, I'm going to go get that. I'm going to replace with, a, you know, whatever, my blah punk. And I'm going to throw this in there. And yeah, I took a blah punk unit out of my first car polo and I put a, a Sony yeah. head unit or in Sony it. Because yeah. it had the most outputs for an amp and then a yeah. subwoofer. And, subwoofer. Yeah. I think those, I wonder if those days are kind of disappearing people still do modify them I'd like to see the Tesla that's got the modified stereo yeah. people still do <laughs> modify them there are yeah and there are always going to be but not like I don't think to the, do you think to the extreme that there was in the past I don't think see when I got my car I had two things that I needed to do to it straight away the first thing I needed to do was it with it was put my stereo in it yeah and the second thing was to find some nice wheels for it. Yeah, okay, there you go. Wheels. Don't think that happens anymore. Yeah. I think people 17, 18 that are passing the test, they're not thinking about that because yeah. everything's through your phone and you yeah. can mirror it on a standard screen and you can, yeah. you've been able to do that for the last five or 10 years. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's just how it is. I think yeah. th- think priorities have everything's, changed. Everything's the phone. And and, and you've got your, your wireless buds in, which you shouldn't be wearing when you're driving, but, no, no. but people do. But everything's Bluetooth. Yeah. I went to Rassel Core to a garage 
to look at a car for a for a customer about three four weeks ago it was a Thursday afternoon and, and I got there and the lady was there and she was with a friend and, and they got in and while I was looking around the car they were just checking that the Bluetooth worked on the phone and then they connected it and played some music through it literally <laughs> that's all that matters yeah and then we went and looked at another one and, and, and they did oh, exactly the, the same how's the Bluetooth work that's you all know. the care, I care about is the Bluetooth that's it because if you've got somewhere to put your phone yeah you've got maps on your phone and you've got Bluetooth for the audio you don't need you don't need anything else and yeah. I think the priorities have changed now with cars I, I hate to say it but some, di- some days if you're using Google Maps, I know some people will say, oh, I never use that. I use Waze. Or, yeah. But I, I've been using Google Maps where I think it's led me astray. <laughs> like one, one, I was driving one day and it literally said, go right. And, and I'm, go, I'm on the road and I'm going, I'm sorry, Google. It's a left. And I did go left and it kept giving me the directions where I, because it, it literally said right. So I yeah. don't know what it was talking about going right. Like where would I have gone if I went right? I, yeah, I, I've always used Google Maps. Me too. But I don't the, trust it 100%. No. My wife trusts it 100%. Like it's like the Google says go this way. Oh, I'm sure it'll get you there eventually. Yeah. If you, if you get given the wrong info, you will. But I actually coming out of our garage, sometimes there's places I'll go where there's three or four different routes and the traffic can be a touch and go yeah. so I'll put maps on and see where the live traffic data is and see which way to go because if you take a guess you can guarantee it's the wrong one yeah all the time but there is one way of getting from the garage to my daughter's school that no matter how many times I put the maps on and then think well I'm not going to go <laughs> that road because I can go around to yeah, it there. no matter yeah. how many times I do that and having got the maps on take the other route which literally when I get on it highlights it and says it's three minutes quicker yeah. it never sends me that way yes, yeah. what's that all about I but if I have a conversation with Amy about mattresses I will get a forced advert for mattresses when yeah. the next time I go onto my Gmail yeah, or something yeah I don't know it's weird so yeah. strange it's, it's weird I, 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 I can't say anything about it I just don't always trust Google. That's all I say with traffic. It's, it's, Hang on, let me cover my camera. Yeah. Nine, nine, I would say ninety five percent of the time I get good. Well, here's here's another one. The other the other day, every Wednesday, we'll we head over to Inspire, do yoga there, and we plug like those guys, and we'll be driving home. And first of all, there's more traffic on the road at at seven o'clock at night now. So, you know, I'm, it's it's a fifty minute drive. Yeah, I was like fifty minutes, and Google's sending me all over whatever, and and so you know we've been doing this for a while, and so I get the Google route now. I was like, okay, and so we're driving last week, and usually you have to take a right. It didn't say to go right, and I'm saying to my, I'm saying to the wife, saying to you, I, we got to go right. No, Google's not saying go right. Is like, we better go right? No, Google's okay. We won't go right, and then I'm literally at the lights. Go right. Well, you can't go right now because yeah, they're only no. Yeah, I'm not. So the next week. This week, I'm just going to go right because yeah. I know that's going to tell me to go right. Like I don't even have to dream about it. It's going to say, "Go right," and just can, go right. I'm just going to go right yeah. because even if it doesn't say, I'm just going to do it because I know that's the way it wants me to go anyway. So forget it. <laughs> just just go that way. Just, just go right. Just just prepare yourself to go right. Yeah. No, just you know, just remember two wrongs don't make a right. That's but, exactly it. But three lefts do. <laughs> Oh man, ah, yeah, yeah. What more can I say? Nothing. Yeah, I, I don't think there's uh, there's going to be much chat about maps soon because it's all going to be autonomous and yeah, and then we're going to be just asleep in our cars all the time. Which you know, that's kind of a, have a little nap. I I did say that. How, to you, the, how are you going to police that? I don't know. I did say that to the wife the other day. I wouldn't mind having a driver. There are days when I could really use a driver, so that I don't have to worry about parking. I just get there. I get out. When I come back, the car's cooled down. I get in. Yeah. 
I can, you know, that's when you can answer the emails on your work while you're driving. And yeah. then when you get home, you turn the phone off because you've yeah. answered all the stuff. Yeah. Instead of spending the hour at home, getting caught up on, you know, I just get travel sick when I'm looking at a screen in a car, well, that's especially wearing a mask these days. Yeah. And then you fall asleep. It's, like, <laughs> it's gone. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're drooling all over your yeah. self, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, anything else uh, going on in the shop these days? Got anything uh, fun and extraordinary that's come in? Or is it just the same old, same old these days? A little yeah. bit of air conditioning, a little bit of starter motors, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we've we've just finished a decent restoration on a Pagoda on a 280 SL. Oh, and oh, then, you showed me. That's the one you sent me the steering wheel stuff. Is that the one that had the air conditioning vent that had oh been? Oh, no. That was a ridiculous exit. <laughs> what on earth was that? <laughs> Who would get rid of an air conditioning vent <laughs> for some useless data on your battery? Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, this is a one-off, basically commissioned modification that, that yeah. that's been done to an X6M. And... It's a rocket ship. Don't get me wrong. It's really, really... It feels fast because of how wallow it is, but it's unnecessarily quick. Obnoxiously loud. Uh Obnoxious styling. Uh You know, you can't get over a speed bump any faster than (laughs) one kilometer an hour. Carbon fiber, everything. A spoiler with a spoiler on top. You know, (laughs) massive wheels. It's a head turner. Yeah. For all the wrong reasons, but it's still a head turner. Yeah, yeah. For the right reasons, if you're that way inclined, I suppose. Yeah. But... The and and it's the driver's side AC vent. Yeah, yeah, it's the one you need because you're holding. Put it on, on the passenger life. one, whatever. Yeah, but it's the driver's side AC vent, and they've replaced the AC vent with just a data screen that tells yeah. you the boost pressure, the RPM, the temperature outside. And this is not a ra- they're, they're not racing this. Well, you won't get very far in it. I don't <laughs> think racing it is not. Yeah. But I mean, it's like talk about gimmick. Yeah, it's complete unnecessary I've got no idea how somebody came up with that and thought that's fine no problem I mean just put it at least put it on the passenger side one so that you've still got AC I mean we're in the desert it's 70% humidity and 45 degrees crazy just crazy but what do I know I mean I don't (laughs) you just fix them you don't design them I mean I don't know I mean I don't know how on earth that that's seen as a good idea and I also don't know what's going to happen when that screen is on and the AC stops working and it's blowing hot air past it <laughs> surely it's going to get damaged yeah sure but, hey yeah but yeah. no the, the restoration that got finished was was good to finish then the mechanical fuel pump failed no oh. spent like three days fixing the air and fuel mix they're unnecessarily complicated on those mechanical fuel injection and they've got like 7,000 rods that you have to adjust and and, uh, get the mixture right and then the fuel pump failed couldn't get the mix right why we're not getting enough fuel we got obviously thinking we got too much air and then at the point of thinking okay we'll check the fuel pressure it then died and wouldn't run and wouldn't start and then we realised the fuel pump had failed so it was obviously just weak all the way up to that point so now we've got to put a new fuel pump on it which is like trying to find hen's teeth and then we've got to reset everything back up because we're going to have different fuel flow. So, good funny. Yeah, good yeah. fun. On that note, you know what? It's uh, it's time to, to roll up the garage door, roll down the garage door, and uh, say we're going to do it all again real soon. It's, it's always, always a pleasure 
have Glenn Power joining us. We talk cars. It's the PowerWorks podcast. My name is James Pikeway. We're going to do it all again real soon. So long for now. <laughs>